For more information, you can head over to www.knowledgesummitdublin.com. Welcome to KnowledgeCast. This is a look into the world of knowledge management, information management, data management, and everything in between. This is brought to you by Enterprise Knowledge, and I'm Zach Wall, founder and CEO of EK. Today, we're speaking with a group of folks, Scott Lee, Bill Kaplan, Barry Byrne, Daryl Wing, and all four of these folks are going to be speaking, as am I, at the upcoming Knowledge Summit Dublin, which is a brand new conference. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that, talking about the various topics and seeing what we can expect this June. So let me introduce you guys all very briefly. Scott Lieb, Chief Knowledge Officer at Fragman. Bill Kaplan, Consultant Extraordinaire, Founder and CEO of Working Knowledge CSP. Barry Byrne, Global Head of Knowledge Management Strategy at Novartis. And Daryl Wing, Director of Knowledge Management at Floor. Did I get all that right, guys? Yeah, perfect. Perfect. All right, cool. So, Barry, let's lead with you. Why don't you give us a little bit of a, a commercial or a preview into the conference? Yeah, happy to, Zach. Yeah. And thanks for having me back here. It's it's nice to be back. Yeah. So, I work for Novartis, but speaking here, not on behalf of Novartis, speaking as a member of the organizing committee of this wonderful group of people who've come together to exchange knowledge and bring this dream of getting the community together to life. So like the others doing this in my own time. This all came about, Zach, as you know, because you were part of it, with a conversation around two years ago, I think it was. And that was basically the the genesis of that conversation over a drink, it may have been, was that wouldn't it be great to have a conference in Europe that was a knowledge management conference, but more focused on knowledge exchange between participants and more really set aside that time for that great knowledge exchange and tacit knowledge between them. And also one that is perhaps organized by the knowledge management community around the world. So that was the dream. And fast forward to where we find ourselves today in this incredible position where we have this phenomenal new conference coming up in the summer of this year in Dublin. I mean, we're very fortunate, as you know, Zach and all, and all the, fa- the speakers will know that, I mean, it's, it's opportune timing because as one of our wonderful speakers, Rebecca Isaac says, because of generative AI, knowledge management is the new black. So it's very topical. It's top of mind at the moment. But also on top of that, we've got this incredible conference in this possibly, you know, I know I'm biased being Irish, but one of the most beautiful (laughs) locations in the world, right? Trinity College Dublin is one of the most beautiful locations in one of the most beautiful cities in the entire world and a really, really special place to have a conference. Historic, scenic, green, ancient, and that aside from the the older part of the university, the really modern conference center that we're having this conference in is just absolutely state-of-the-art, so incredible. And then, of course, a stellar lineup of speakers. I have never seen such an incredible lineup of speakers in my entire life. I've never seen them all at one conference before, and I'm very, very excited to have that many people in the same place. And then finally, a new format for a knowledge exchange conference. And this was the genesis that a lot of us um, kind of spoke about, that wouldn't it be wonderful if this community came together and talked about a conference that focused on 
more knowledge exchange. So just to give you a little hint of what people can expect, there are going to be pre-conference knowledge exchanges the night before the conference, almost like speed dating between organizations that want to learn from each other, get to know each other before the conference in great Dublin locations. And then the format of each presentation or session really within the conference is that everything is flipped. So instead of, you know, an hour long presentation and squeezing in 10 minutes for the rest of the attendees to talk, presentations will be no longer than 20 minutes with 40 minutes set aside for really great knowledge exchange between attendees or delegates. And then expert panels with incredible, incredible word leading experts talking about how to solve your problems. Then we have knowledge jams, which we actively work to develop solutions to your problems. Knowledge cafes, you know, we have the the creator of knowledge cafes really with the wonderful David Gertine and many, many others. Nice knowledge exchanges, and that's to say nothing of the incredible visit to the Book of Kells an ancient source of knowledge. And then on top of that, this new, uh, never before seen, just recently launched 4D digital experience of the Book of Kells. So you can tell I'm excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot to talk about there and and we'll get to all of it. But, you know, I've been to over 50 countries on this beautiful planet. I've never been to Ireland. So I'm super excited to actually get to. Yeah, no, I know. So I I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm really, really excited for it personally. Everything you just said is is cool, but I want to pull on on one particular thing, and that's the idea of a flipped conference, right? So the idea here is, I mean, we've all been there, right? You go to a conference and somebody is just droning on or reading off of slides for hours and hours. This is not that. This is the world's experts in KM, kind of down to a T. I don't think anybody, apologies if you're listening and you're like, I'm, I am, and I'm not there, but like most everyone is going to be here. And there's a lot of humility, right? Because people that would normally be doing keynotes are going to be one of four or five folks on a stage as part of a panel or facilitating an active session. It's really neat to see how this is shaping up. And there's a lot of credit due to, to all of the speakers. Before we come back to you, Barry, I'd love to hear almost like a commercial from Scott, Bill, and Daryl on what your topic is. Scott, do you want to go first? What are you what are you going to be speaking about? Yeah, happy to, but before I do, let me just say wow. I mean, thanks thanks Barry, thanks Zach and thanks to the uh, team that put this speaker roster together between the the academics, the practitioners, government. I mean, you you've covered it all, so congratulations on that. So I've been involved in KM for about two and a half decades, and what I'm going to be speaking on is what are some of the key lessons learned during that time. I mean, I could I could roll up my sleeve, show the scars now, but I'm sort of saving that for the, the conference. But the basic idea behind the presentation is, in my view, there's really five problems that KM practitioners face, five challenges. And it's really about how to find the solutions given the given the culture and given kind of how the organization operates, but it's five. One is, Barry already mentioned, it's kind of converting tacit knowledge to explicit knowledge. The second is, you're always, how do you demonstrate ROI? How do you articulate the value of knowledge? Um, visibility and findability of knowledge is another big area. Collaboration, we're always fighting with. And again, a lot of these are now uh, becoming easier, or some would argue more complex with emerging technology. But the final one, I think uh, technology is an enabler and not as a solution. 
you know, I, I've spent some time as a consultant and I'm sure the uh, others on this call can attest to you, you walk into a client and they say, well, I want you to help me. You know, I want you to find a solution. It's just as long as it's a Microsoft solution. Right. You know, and you, you get hamstrung that way. And so, you know, look, technology is not your solution. It's your enabler. Now, how you convince people of that and how you show it to them. Unfortunately, have to attend the conference to find out, but that's the topic I'm speaking on. And again, thanks to Barry for inviting me into the team for putting together such a great roster. I, I would also add one other thing. I, I think a key point is the interaction. Why do people come to the conference? They come to the conference because they have a problem. They want to solve a problem. Yeah. Now it's possible that you just might have someone give a presentation on that topic but it's much more likely they're talking roughly about it and then it comes up in the discussion and you can you can ask your question and kind of parry back and forth. So that's why I think this is just a great opportunity, great people in a, a perfect forum. I really am grateful to you for making that point because I, I think that's actually a real differentiator for this too. Like a lot of times you're a CEO, you approve so-and-so going to spend money at this conference. They're not cheap, although this one is actually a steal. And you have the person come back and nothing changes. Maybe they have a couple lessons learned. Maybe they made a new contact. But what's cool about this, there's an entire track that's going to be producing takeaways, deliverables, workshopping actions that can be carried back to the organization. So in, in a way, I mean, I, I, as a consultant, I don't want to undercut myself, but this is effectively like a couple days of consulting from the world's experts in knowledge management. That's pretty cool. Scott, by the way, for those that don't know Fragman, how many knowledge management professionals do you employ? So we have a team of about 30 spread throughout wow. the globe that, yeah. that handle it. Yeah. I mean, I, basically our mission is to monitor the changes in the immigration and mobility environment. We get to sense make around that, then store it, make it available, but more importantly, make sure in, in rapid uh, order, it gets cascaded through all our products and services. But I have a great team and we have a, you know, a great effort and it's, I've been given great leeway when I started here five years ago and it's yeah. it really is a smooth operation. I, I've had a couple of your colleagues on KnowledgeCast and been impressed by every one of them. We need to have you back, but I mean, there's bragging rights in that, right? You must have one of the largest in-house teams of knowledge management professionals in the world. That's put that on a t-shirt. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Bill, how about you? What are you going to be talking about? Yeah. Hi there. One of the things that I've realized over time is that <clears throat> we tend to overcomplicate knowledge management. Sometimes we get off track. Uh, we don't necessarily focus on the things that we need to. What? No. Yes, that's true. And <laughs> I, I think I, I presented this once before and they got really good reviews. And so I think this might be an appropriate topic for everybody that's coming. And I'm going to learn something along the way. But it's generally focused on the idea that knowledge management can be made simpler, but not necessarily easier. And so I've picked selected areas where we've done things in practice. And it really focuses on how do you effectively transition from theory to concept to actually implementing, to, con to practice in context. We'll talk about and touch on topics, and hopefully this will generate a bunch of questions from people that have questions they need answered or are willing to share some examples of the, the subject areas that I brought up. We'll talk about, I just put a post out on LinkedIn about KM strategy. We'll talk about how KM knowledge management needs to be part of workflow. It's not something that 
should be looked at as extra because if it does, then it becomes an extra task and people will not invest the time that's necessary for CAM to be sustainable in an organization. We'll talk about what I consider to be knowledge transfer friction, the difference between face-to-face, going through technology, enabling technology and tools. There's benefits to all of those, but there's also some disadvantages and there's also the right context for their use. We'll talk about, and I think this is an area that very often gets excluded, is the value of knowledge management from the middle of the organization. Knowledge managers or the knowledge practitioners at the middle level, they're the ones that have the responsibility or are tasked with translating leadership strategy to actual practice on the the floor or in the company or the organization. And if they don't get it or don't support it, then sustainable knowledge management programs, there's a lot of difficulty. And then we'll talk about a little bit on communities of practice and the concept of shared value and why that's so important and why some communities fail if they don't have that. And we'll get into that in the conference as well. So I'm excited. I've seen lots of conferences, as you pointed out, guys, and this is what I think has been one of the most unique opportunities to get together and shake hands with people that I've read, seen, talked with over time, but actually I've never met. So nice. thank you for this opportunity. So that's a lot to cover, Bill. I mean, that's the huge amount of, of content and that's pretty cool. What if you were to condense it down to like the one as a result of this session, you will learn, like what are your participants or your attendees going to walk away with saying, I'm going to do this differently? I believe that an attendee would have a much better appreciation or sense of the difficulties of translating knowledge management theory into practical application. And that, as I said in the beginning, it doesn't have to be complicated, but very often it's not easy, particularly if you don't have the support in the organization. So how do you gain that support? How do you decide what the challenges are? I think the takeaway is going to be, okay, how can I really do this? I think that's spot on and what a great topic for you to cover. I mean, you and I have had a lot of conversations about this over the years, right? There's this ivory tower, overly academic KM that sounds really good on paper or in a 500 page book, but then you try to put it in practice and an executive just loses interest or is not going to get behind it. So I think one of the things you're great at, and, and I think it's it's what you're going to be presenting, is how to talk about KM in a way that you can get the support of the organization behind you and how you can actually practice KM in a way that's going to move the needle quickly and meaningfully. So I'm psyched to hear it. Daryl, how about you? So I guess my talk is going to be about really the journey that we've been on for the last two years about really trying to uh, uncover what people know. Because as you know, I'm a technologist, but I'm probably one of the louder voices as well on the team to say that this summit is not going to be about the tech so much. Now, you can't get away from the gen AI and nor should we. But, you know, how do we, as everyone keeps saying, how do we use the technology without making it super complicated, without having to sort of, you know, go to our leaders and and ask for millions of dollars for a a Microsoft AI, you know, solution or something? You know, I, I want to show what we've done in Floor for the last couple of years with, with I think, some quite unprecedented um, data that is really helping us discover who knows what. 
and sometimes, I mean, we, we are moths to a flame, right, with this AI, and it's going to tell us who knows what. But it doesn't. You know, in, in my industry and in, and in my company in particular, you need to know who the experts are and you need to know who, who to send these questions to and who to get good, trustworthy answers from. That's a lot of the philosophy of the KM. And what we've done over the last year or so is, you know, it's amazing what happens if you just ask your people, if you can make it easy for your people to say, this is what I know about. And that's what we've done at Floor. And what the data is showing us is, as I say, is just unprecedented. We are now able to really visualize the expertise pipeline across a thousand areas from all over the company. And I'll share more about that in the conference, obviously. But now we know how to do that. You know, it's now provided that operating system in which we can really yeah. now build the the interventions that we wanted to all along, right? If you want to see that this pipeline is top heavy because you've got senior people retiring soon, well, who do they need to pass that on to? So that's how the technology is enabling those questions to be asked, answered now. We know who they need to pass it on to. Well, now it's up to us to do the hard KM stuff which is actually getting these people together virtually or wherever and get that knowledge sharing going. Whereas beforehand it was, well, could you publish a document or something? So it's exciting. Technology is absolutely causing this like pretty exciting inflection point where a lot of the things that all of us have been talking about for the last quarter century are now possible. And I think that's going to be a central topic over the course of a couple of days together. And I, I know it's what I'm going to be talking about. But there's another element to this that I, I want to stress. I think there's this current realization that it's not all gen AI. It's not all artificial intelligence. There are things that the computer cannot do. And guess what? That's the role of the knowledge manager. KM, I believe, is going to be more central to smart organizations over the next couple of years, because it will fill the gap in what AI is not able to do or doesn't do well. And that's really exciting. And so as we started talking about this conference being very much about tacit knowledge capture, even though we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence, machine learning, semantic layers, all these very hot topics, at its core, it's going to be saying, what what do we need to do as knowledge management professionals to make all that stuff work? So Daryl, you're going to be presenting one of many case studies. And that's another key takeaway for our listeners in that this isn't that ivory tower stuff. It's not the pie in the sky. This is that this is what Floor did. This is what this organization actually did. This is where we failed. This is where we succeeded. This was the ROI. This is this is critical information for anybody in any stage of a KM career. So I want to hit one question for all of you before we conclude. And that actually is where Barry began talking about the role of Gen AI. I want a prediction from each of you. And I know this is something that we're going to be talking about a lot over the, the course of the conference, but let's get a feel for how this is actually going to go. Lots of panels. So a minute or less from each of you, how is the field of knowledge management going to be changed by Gen AI over the next, say, two or three years? Scott? 
You know, it's interesting, just quickly, last week I had the opportunity to attend a a conference in New York City sponsored by Wall Street Journal that that was around what the C-suite should know about AI in the legal industry. Nice. And a gentleman made the point that, you know, I think it's overhyped in the near term and underhyped in the long term when looking at at Gen AI. And I I firmly believe, you know, many have talked about the uh, death knell for the legal industry, but I happen to think from a knowledge management standpoint, that it's a growth opportunity. I mean, if you think about what Gen AI does and what the needs are, somebody's got to interrogate that data. Somebody's got to train that data. And that's the human. So in fact, when we talk about losing jobs, I happen to think KM is going to be a growth industry in the era of Gen AI. I just said the knowledge management professionals in your organization should be the hallucination assassins. And I think that is, in a nutshell, what you just expressed. That's very fair. Barry? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Zach. I mean, it's the hallucinations that remind us that these machines aren't perfect. And while it is incredibly exciting, and it already has, I would say, I would answer your question by saying it already has fundamentally changed the world of knowledge management already in the last year. I mean, think about the world before the announcement of ChatGPT and the the search industry were just striving to have this, you know, make it work like Google and give me suggestions and answer to my question, not just resources or links. And we're getting that now. But then, as you said, hallucinations are still possible. So having that authenticated, validated veracity of, of your, your answers that come back, there's a human in the loop there. And AI will end exponentially improve to the point where that's a lot, very automated, but still it has a role in connecting you to the people who have that tacit knowledge as well. So I think, I think it's going to be a boom area for, for knowledge management in the future. Bill? To the previous points that we discussed, I believe that, as we talked about earlier, this is still technology. It's still an enabler. And when it comes to capturing or eliciting what people know, what's in their heads, making sense out of it, and characterizing it for reuse, Technology cannot yet get into one's person's head, take that out, make sense of it, and then set it up for sharing. I believe that there's a role for the person. And while AI becomes central to a lot of what we do in knowledge management, the value of the person in the middle of all this is is something we can't forget. Point well made. And Daryl, we'll we'll close with you. I have no idea. I'm, I'm reading. I'm reading a book right now, the alignment problem, and and I do sense like, to to pick up on the last point. I do sense that it's going to highlight for a start how bad our content is, you know, first and foremost. And I work in an industry that's slow to adopt these things. And if I was to ask, and I do ask the experts at Floor about AI, they are very nervous because everything is so context dependent, and there's a lot of safety that goes on. And there's a huge, yeah. huge worry that people rely on on something. And we just get lazy. We think it's going to do these things for us, and we just get lazy. So I have no idea. I, I, th- I think that what you said at the beginning about underhypes and overhypes is absolutely right on. I think everyone's making a lot of noise. And if you really look at what knowledge management's about, and you want to put some measures in place, I'll be very curious to see if you're really moving the needle with Gen AI, but we'll see. Well, I, I think you do have an idea because I totally agree, right? It's both content and context dependent. So many organizations come to us and say, well, we don't know what we don't know, which is this pithy little way of saying that they've got 
bad data, bad mastery of or bad understanding of how people are looking for their stuff and using their stuff. Gen AI, I think, is going to actually identify gaps in the organization. It's going to give everybody a better understanding of questions that are being asked and are unanswerable. And it's going to, when harnessed properly, allow organizations to then act on that and fill those gaps in knowledge. So a lot of people are talking about how Gen AI can assemble new knowledge from old knowledge, how it can create new knowledge artifacts. But there's not a lot of discussion yet about how it can actually complete that loop and say, you know what? Questions are being asked that I can't answer yet. Or there's a lot of chatter, buzz, or questions being asked about this topic, and we don't actually have a lot of answers to that topic. That idea of harnessing an organization's experts to fill gaps once we finally know what those gaps are is really exciting to me. So I think that's where you're going with that. And, and it's a topic that I'm, I'm anxious to explore further. So along the subject of Gen AI in the future, there will come a time when this becomes the normal part of the way, I'll say we do knowledge management. How long do you think that's going to be? And what would it take mm. for that to happen? I, I think that's it's been the story all along is each of the different generations of knowledge management have evolved. I mean, worthwhile question. I mean, something we should be talking about. Absolutely. I mean, if I'm understanding your question correctly, you're saying how long before everything we're saying here isn't the new novelty or the new trend. It's just part of KM and it's part of how an organization works. I mean, I think two years from now, we're going to be talking about this is this is just KM. This is just how an organization operates. The industry is moving so quickly. And to be frank, Bill, I mean, with some of our more advanced clients, this is already the way they're doing this. This is reality today. Anybody want to disagree with me there? No, I would say in the legal industry, when uh, that conference I was at last week, LexisNexis put out a survey and it said that 50% of the law firms had AI tools and were using them already. So I, I, I think 24 to 36 months for sure that you're going to see the, uh, you know, the mass introduction of it and you're going to start seeing. And I think even sooner you're going to start seeing knowledge management functions recreating themselves to adapt to this. I've already been asked and started to look at what, you know, KM for 2026 and think about what new roles, what functions that I need to think about. So it's I, I certainly think two to three years at, at the furthest is when you're going to you're going to see these changes. I love that forward-looking view. And Scott, when you come back and, and we talk more, I'd love to hear more about that. For now, Scott, Barry, Bill, Daryl, thanks for joining. For our listeners, the early bird for Knowledge Summit Dublin ends on Valentine's Day. So to be clear, we cannot help you find love, but we can help you learn more about knowledge management. Sign up now. It's a pretty significant discount. And it also includes the ability to get some really cool, like kind of booking hotel on the campus and these, these cool modern apartments, as I understand it. So I know everybody generally procrastinates on this sort of thing, but now would be the time to, to get this booked and, and to get rolling. The agenda is about to be published. And there is more detail to come. But for now, I hope to see you in Dublin. And folks, thanks for being here. Can't wait. See you in Dublin. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. See you all. Take care. For more information, you can head over to www.knowledgesummitdublin.com.